This is Wired Up with Matt Kennedy and Jerry Peralta on KMSA 91.3. I'm kind of tired of talking nationwide sports. See it all the time. Hear a million people talk about it. NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, yada, 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 rinse, repeat, recycle. It's the same old boring stuff. Maybe it's just what I've been doing all this time. Maybe it's just all the times that we cover local sports. I'm talking like Division II. I'm talking like, even like high school. I spent most of the semester covering Colorado prep sports. Yeah. Recording a podcast for them. Yeah. But me and Jerry, we spent our time covering the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Primarily Colorado teams. Yes. And there's no Armac podcast. No. Right? I mean, you listen to the team in town, the Team 1340, which is the sports station in town. Yes. Jim Davis. He's like the Dave Logan of the Western Slope. He, they talk West, They talk Armac. They talk CMU. Oh, yeah. Only local radio stations talk about that kind of stuff. And It's since because we, it's, it's in their general area. So they're, it's in their area. People are going to care about it. Yeah. And so, not to say we should jump on the bandwagon, but since we know about it, you know, why not talk about it? Since we have the reach, by the way, you can subscribe and follow the Wired Up Sports podcast, which officially changed our title to appeal to a bigger audience because it'll just be Wired Up Podcast. Now it's the, officially the Wired Up Sports, sports podcast, podcast. Yeah. on Spotify, yep. iTunes, Google Podcast. Go subscribe. By the way, boom, we, we've made it. We're on Spotify we're now. We're on Spotify oh. now. Thanks to Anchor FM, sponsor. <laughs> we can actually make sponsor messages from them too. Really? If we record a little thing, we can get paid about a dollar. <laughs> per podcast why to not actually have it on there why so, not yeah but listen th- this is on 91.3 fm kmsa music for the Cardinal mason university mavericks this is live but go back and listen to the podcast if you miss any of this but today we're going to talk some more max sports but before we do that since we are colorado natives we are going to talk some colorado college sports as well air force falcons Woo-hoo. are they the best football team in the state of colorado i say yes at this point in the season, pretty much. And to talk about that is the head coach of Air Force, Troy Calhoun. I talked to him a couple of days ago, recorded an interview. We'll play that live on the air here in a few minutes. But Jerry, 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 you're from Pueblo, right? Yep. Um, how many CSU Pueblo football games did you go to growing up? Growing up? Yeah, growing up. Two. Two. Uh, is, uh, it, is it like uh, a uh, thing to do in Pueblo to go to a Thunderwolf football game? I, I I'm gonna be honest. It was not until recently that it was a thing. CSU Pueblo has always been good. I've I've gone to uh, the Thunderwolf Stadium plenty of times growing up for football camps and whatnot. Mm. But I like I had only gone to two Thunderwolf football games, and yeah, it's a big thing, right? And so those those tickets do tend to sell pretty quickly for them. And right. It's it's a big thing. But, like, growing up, if you're from Pueblo, you would mainly go to the Bell game, high school football. You would go watch the Bell game, the Cannon game, and if you're really into one-sided affairs, uh, the Pigskin. So then the Bell game is Pueblo's oldest football rival, is still considered the oldest football rivalry west of the Mississippi. And that's been going on, geez, for a long time. I don't remember the exact year that that started but the it's the same two schools that are playing for the bell as they as it were back in like 1920 ish or whenever football became like a big thing for high schools 
So you had that experience. I grew up in College yeah. Springs, right? Yep. I had the Air Force Falcons. The Denver Post recently came out with a very, very small article. I thought it was going to be bigger. It was about 300 words or something, saying that Falcon Stadium and the Air Force Falcons have the best college football experience in the whole state. So they're going to claim that they beat out Folsom Field, that they're beating out CSU Fort Collins, that they're beating out you know anybody else who plays in Colorado. That's a very unique thing. They said that the flyover at Falcon Stadium beats out anybody in that small aspect alone, which I would say, yes, I would say the flyover is the best part. But the cadet student section is about 4,000 strong, while a student section at CSU or CU is about twenty to 30,000 people. I'm, I'm just saying, I think Folsom Field is a better uh, college experience, but I did grow up going to Air Force Falcons games. They've always been there, man. They've always been a really, really good team. And this year... They are, in my opinion, in our opinion, I think, the best football team in Colorado. Yes, and mainly just from a standpoint of just looking at Division I uh, schools, they have got picked up some big wins against CU. Yep. They beat CSU, or I don't, or if, if I'm correct, or they haven't played They're them. They're going to play them later on, but they okay. probably will beat them. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, they, they beat out San Jose state who always tends to get the victory over them. They're beating a lot of these higher ranked teams. CU Boulder themselves has been doing pretty well too. But like I said, they picked, they CU Boulder dropped a game to air force in overtime. Yeah. Which that, that was, that was the deciding factor. Air force defeated CU back on September 14th in overtime. Like Jerry just said, and CSU, we don't talk about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But the Buffs would go on and defeat Arizona State, who was ranked 24th in the nation at the time. And then they would travel to Tucson, or no, sorry, they faced Tucson at Folsom Field, barely lost that game Yeah, against U of A, who is currently up top the Pac-12 South rankings. So CU, man, probably should be a top 25 football team, I think, before they lost to U of A. They were like 30, uh, 36. Yeah. And Air Force beat them. Air Force beat them. And CU also beat Nebraska, who at the time was also a top 25 team. They were 25, like at like on the dot was or Yeah, that should be right. So if you look at it, Air Force it was three and two, by the way. They lost to Navy last week, which we'll cover here in a second as I talk to Coach Calhoun. And they lost to Boise. They lost so, to Boise. So C, so Air Force in general, they they've been playing really well. And the teams they lost to, I mean Give a very good team. Very good team. The teams. loss to Navy maybe should not have happened. Maybe should not have happened. That but game I mean, was won by the midshipmen in the last minute of the game. Yeah. So I mean, you're looking at so far the strength of schedule that CU has played versus what Air Force. Air Force may not play the higher teams like CU, but to go into to go in to CU, CU, mm -hmm. and beat them there in overtime. Drop a game to Boise, who is always good. Who's I'm, always, especially this year. I've never especially seen, this year. Yeah, I have never seen a Boise team poised for so much success than I am seeing right now. You drop one, or you you bounce back and you beat San Jose State, pretty much single handedly. You do a good. They did a good job of that. Right. And then they go, and then to start the season off, they played Colgate, in which they in which they made history, where they only threw the ball once that entire game, 
and still won 48 to 7. That running game has been remarkable for Air Force. And they they still have a lot of good teams to go in and play. They still have to go play Hawaii. They play Fresno State this week. And then they have Army in a couple in a couple weeks. When we come back after about 30 seconds, just because I want to split it up to make it sound professional. Troy Calhoun doesn't join the show, but we play his interview, which I recorded about a couple of days ago. Matt Kennedy and Jared Peralta weren't up. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T Acronym stands for Greatest of All Time As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave Dad, you're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt U.S. Kids and the Ad Council KMSA 91.3 FM, Grand Junction. Now personally, for me, I've never talked to a Division II head football coach, at least in a one-on-one a Division one. Division one. Talked to Russ Martin, Division II coaches all the time. But this is a big step for us, for Wired Up and for myself. Yeah, I wish I could have been there. But. I know, Jerry. I know. I, I, it was a spur of the moment. I was like, hey, let's try and get Troy Calhoun for an interview. And it just kind of worked out Yeah. to where I know the sports information director for Air Force. And he was like, yeah, let's just get you on at noon today. This was back on a couple of days ago. Yep. And was able to talk to Calhoun. I waited for about 30 minutes, and then he called in, um, recorded it back in the production lab, and that's what we're going to play here. So this is myself and Troy Calhoun, one-on-one on the phone, talking about Fresno State and the State Air Force in the Mountain West. Here it is, and here you go. Coach Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force football team. Coach, I watched all the media conference. I think it was media scrum from yesterday, and talking about about Fresno State coming up this week. You guys are three and two. In my, in, you guys could easily, in my opinion, uh, be five and zero. Oh. Um, you guys had a crucial loss against Boise a couple weeks ago, and then that crucial loss against Navy last week, which I'm sure was not the way how you guys wanted to go. But you got Fresno this week, a very formidable team. You talked about them highly in that press conference. But talking about that matchup, what are your expectations going into this weekend? You know, Matthew, for us, I mean, we know it's going to be a really, really, you know, heck of a challenge. I mean, they are enormously talented. Uh, you look especially uh, in the open field, the number of plays that they make. And so, uh, oh, my. I mean, I, and yet, really, I think we kind of had a pretty good feeling coming into this year that we might play 11 or 12 games that went right down to the wire and be highly, highly competitive. So uh, this will be a hard-fought game. Coach, the Mountain West is – very, very good this year, and I'm sure you're aware of that. You guys got you got you got teams like Boise, Fresno, Wyoming, even teams like Hawaii have been very impressive this year. But I think you guys can still be competing for that Mountain West Championship. I know that that loss against Boise State a couple weeks ago hurt, but your team is very, very good, and I'm sure you know that. Does your team still believe that you guys can be competing for that Mountain West Championship this year? You know, Matthew, for us, I, we, we don't go throughout the season and say, hey, here, here's something on the outside that somebody told us we have to pursue. Or, I, I think the thing that you can control more than anything else uh, is how hard you practice, your effort, and, uh, and then most certainly your attitude. And what we want to do more than anything else, we want to try to go to practice this afternoon and uh, try to get a little bit better. And then, Coach, that last week, game against Navy. I know that Commander-in-Chief trophy is 
very, very important for uh, for you guys. And that loss within the last couple of minutes was not the way that you guys expected it to be. You had trouble going in the first half, especially in the run game, had those two crucial turnovers. Um, end up getting a couple of them back, but you forced some fumbles as well. But normally your team averages within the top five rushing yards per game in the nation. And then last week you had 100, and I think it was about 107, 108. Is that going to change this next weekend? And, and what is your team doing this week to prepare for, for Fresno? Well, that's uh, – I don't know if anybody – maybe a meteorologist can be completely accurate when it comes to forecasting. Uh, we have worked extremely hard in that regard. And, uh, you know, to do a job with ball security uh, just because of how important that is and, uh, and then to continue to work, especially when it comes to the basics of blocking. I, I grew up in Calder Springs, right? I spent a lot of time at Falcon Stadium, went to Doherty High School um, just on the eastern side of Calder Springs, went to plenty plenty of games. I love going to the CSU games as well. I remember a game a couple years ago where you guys won by field goal in the last second. I think that was back in 2015 or 2014. And I was reading an article in the Denver Post the other day, and they were saying that Falcon Stadium is the best home stadium environment out of anybody in Colorado. So you guys beat out Folsom Field, and you guys played there a couple weeks ago. You beat CU. And you have a very good record there at Falcon Stadium. I think it's 56-20 and 20 in your career. And so playing there this Saturday, playing against the rest of the Mountain West teams um, in the next couple of weeks, at least to have a, a winning record, you guys are going to play the major of them at home. Playing at Falcon Stadium, you got to love doing that all the time. Well, it is a uh, to, to be in Colorado Springs, certainly to be amongst the student body, uh, the cadet wing here at the Air Force Academy, that's something that is pretty special. I think more than anything else, it just serves as the ultimate reminder of why uh, of what the mission is at the United States Air Force Academy, which is to prepare and develop uh, young men and young women uh, to become leaders of character for our country. Would you say that the cadet section ha- is one of the best student sections in the entirety of, of Division One, or at least in the Mountain West? Oh, no question. Uh, now, there are only, what, 4,000 yeah. students, where some of these schools might have forty or 50,000. So that's got to be something that you're proud of. I mean, cadets show up every single game. The flyover is amazing, and we're going to see that again this Saturday. But looking into this weekend, Coach, you guys are facing a quarterback in George Reyna. He's not a car brother, but he can throw the ball very well. He can also run if he wishes. He's a very decent precision pocket passer and you guys got to handle him this weekend what's your scouting report of him going into this saturday yeah you know he has really really good mobility and uh and then to what you just referenced uh how darn accurate he is and uh and he has unbelievable i mean just splendid targets i mean the the, the talent level uh, the capability of their wide receivers and the number of plays that they make in the open field in addition to having good backs, too. Uh, they're very, very prolific. Uh, tremendous, uh, just the quality of the balance that they have, both running and throwing the football. But then your quarterback, Donald Hammond, he had his best, I think it was his best passing career game last week. He had over 200 yards and most completions in his entire career. But you got, I think you have Isaiah coming back this week or next week. I know he sprained his MCL What's the status of the quarterback situation is, and is Isaiah coming back in the, the next couple of weeks? Yeah, we hope so. I mean, Isaiah Sanders uh, is just really a top-notch young man, and uh, and then is to, to which you alluded. I mean, just the quality of play. DJ Hammond's uh, been darn quarterback and will be for us going forward too. Last question for you, Coach. The win against CU a couple weeks ago was your first win against a Power 5 team since to the, uh, since the 2010 Independence Bowl. I think that win again was against Georgia Tech, and Looking into this weekend, Fresno State, winners of the Mountain West 
conference last year, and you got teams like CSU, Fort Collins coming up, and Wyoming, and Hawaii. You guys got a good team this year. And the win against CU must have given you guys a very, very high confidence booster going into the rest of the season. You know, we're, we're really not as much of a uh, really, I mean, high, high, high euphoric or deeply, deeply disappointed. And I just, that's not, I just don't think that's the, I guess with the discipline, uh, the work ethic and the consistency of the way they approach each day, um, they know what's most important is the way you lift, the way you meet, and as as we said a little bit earlier, the way you practice each day, and uh, and you can never get too far ahead of yourselves. And our guys do a pretty good job in that regard. Awesome, Troy Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force Falcons. Coach, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend, and hopefully we'll see you come away with at Falcon Stadium with the dub. Great. Take care, Matthew, and let's do it again, partner. Yes, sir. How's he from Morgan, dude? I don't understand. He ended it with the partner, and man, sounds so Southern, but Coach Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force football team, joined me Very the sincere. Day. Very sincere. Very sincere guy. guy. Very honest person. Appreciated all of his answers. First time I've ever interviewed a head football coach for a Division One football team, especially the team that I grew up being a huge fan of. He, was, he has been the head coach of Air Force for the better part of two decades. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Being from Pueblo, I grew up more interested in Air Force football yeah. than anything else. Oh, of course, because as you I, would. Well, because it was closer, A, and then B, it was at the time Air Force seemed to be the, the only school in Colorado that could find a way to get wins and actually do really well. And you know, these past couple of seasons they've kind of fallen off, but this season they've gotten back on track and they are they are poised to. Make a run at that. Well, they got a great test coming up against Fresno State this weekend. You just got all of Coach's thoughts. That game will be on, uh, I believe it's CBS, local in Colorado. That game is on Saturday at Falcon Stadium. Go out and support them. When we come back, Connor Dockery from MSU Denver joins us as we depict which RMAC University is the best at fall sports. Matt Kennedy and Jared Peralta, wired up. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter, and one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means... Always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So, for the love of the outdoors, go to smokybear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. 
texting whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. KMSA 91.3 FM, Grand Junction. things here. So does Jerry. At Carter Mason University, we do a lot of media things. We're trying to get as much experience as possible, trying to be multi-bilingual media versed. Multifaceted. Multifaceted at everything media-wise. I do this. Jerry does this as well. We call sports. We analyze it. Jerry also does CMU TV. I do the CMU Criterion, which I'm the sports editor for. Jerry, what is your, what's your position again at CMU TV? You're the... I am the... My my job title has different names. It changes it, a lot, doesn't it? Well, versus the way it's the way it's supposed to be versus what it's actually called are two different things. If you look it up, I am the program or I am the station manager, yeah. which is which means I am in charge of running the CMU TV channel. I make the schedules for what's going to air at what time. I make the um, I do the edits for the sporting events to put them on the channel. You know, I put a, I have to put a lot of stuff together, and you know. Uh, it, it, it's a busy job. I mean, it's, we, we keep ourselves busy. We're trying to, yeah. you know, be professional. Yeah. This is a, a, to me, this is a very professional podcast and radio show that we have put together within the last three years and joining us in eventually in a couple minutes as he calls in probably at about 525. So in the span of the next two minutes, Connor Dockery, the voice, or at least one of the voices of the Metro State Denver Roadrunners will be joining us to talk about what we're going to talk about right now, which athletic program is the best in the fall within the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. We cover these guys weekly. Jerry's going to be talking about them this weekend when him and Josh Coleman call the Mesa and Fort Lewis football game. I called the Mesa and Mines football game, and we have called volleyball games, softball games, baseball games, basketball games, lacrosse, lacrosse games, games, everything, dude. Pretty much everything so across we know the board. Which, which, you know, the RMAC has a lot of sports, and we know which teams are good in the RMAC. Yeah. But this year, I wrote an article last week or this week on the CMU Criterion. Go look it up on the Crite.com, where I said that Mesa doesn't have a single ranked team in the top 25. Yeah, in fall sports. In the fall sports, as of right now, which is very rare. Mesa normally has at least football, men's soccer, and volleyball, one or two or maybe even all three of them, consistently in that top 25. Yeah. You know, volleyball is very good. Men's soccer is very good. Men's soccer's number two, and the only thing that's keeping them from number one is mine's has one less draw than they than Mesa at the moment. And not even mine's is in the top 25 right now. No. So no RMAC team in men's soccer is in the top 25. I think it's just because of the strength of their schedules. Yeah. Because Mesa has not lost a game since their first game of the season. No, yeah, and even then, their first game of the season was against a very, was against a very determined Greyhound team. Who actually are in the top twenty-five right now? They are in the top twenty-five. They're in the top twenty-five. Eastern New Mexico, man, that their men's soccer team has a lot to prove. So, out of all the RMAC teams, which oh my gosh, how many is there? Like eleven, twelve? Um, I guess it depends on the sport, really. Connor's calling in right now. We come back. Connor will join us to depict this mystery. Matt Kennedy and Jared Peralta, wired up.
I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. KMSA 91.3 FM, Grand Junction. The Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Is it prominent? No Pac-12. It is no Big Ten, Big 12s, no Power 5. Not even FCS. It's, a, it's Division II, right? But I would say it's one of the best Division II conferences out there. You got a lot of conferences down in Texas, on the East Coast, even some conferences out in California. But in terms of Rocky Mountains and everything west of it, it's probably one of the best conferences. You know, you got great teams in it. Westminster, Colorado School of Mines, Colorado Mesa, and even sometimes Metro State University, Denver. And joining us today from MSU Denver, from Met Media, one of the voice of the Roadrunners, is Connor Dockery. Connor, what is up? Oh, my goodness. It's Matthew Kennedy. Thank you for having me once again. <laughs> Connor joined us last <laughs> week, and uh, it's back-to-back. It's -back. We normally don't have guests joining us two weeks in a row, but this topic uh, kind of came up. I was looking at it. Well, we've had repeat guests before. Yeah. Connor, but by the way, this is Jerry. Josh was on the show last week, but Jerry, who's my normal co-host, is, is on the show. So this is the first time that you two are talking voice-to-voice. -voice. Nice to meet you, Connor. Nice to meet you, Jerry. Uh, nice to meet you, uh, voice to voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Connor, you call a lot of MSU Denver games. Uh, the volleyball team is very good. The men's soccer team is up there as well. But in terms of who the best Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference program is, and we're specifically looking at fall sports as of right now, because we can't really determine. It would take too long for us to go through all the sports. That would take me years. Yeah. You know, there's like 12 plus teams and too many sports to count. I think Mesa alone has 27 varsity sports, and I'm not going to go through each and every one of them. Yeah. But if, but if from the sample size in which we've seen from the top four sports in the fall, you got football, you got men's and women's soccer, and then you got volleyball as well. You can throw in cross country if you want to. But MSU Denver does not have a football team, so I'm not sure how versed on are you on RMAC football. But on our perspective, Mesa has won RMAC championships in the past, but within the last couple of years. Even within the last five to ten years, it's always been either us or Mines or CSU Pueblo. And, yeah, and, and even which, and even ahead. then we're sharing those uh, we're we're sharing the titles with those teams. Exactly. So Connor, in your opinion, who do you think is the best Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference program in the fall? Um, in terms of even both this season and kind of overall, like the past few years, I'm really confident in saying Colorado School of Mines, um, really, in, you know, in the, not only the fall, but, you know, usually all of their sports there, that is just such a tough school. Yeah. The, the, 
you know, they're all going, you know, that's a really, really hard school to, you know, just get into that. They're all really smart. They're, you know, all going to be engineers. They're a minds of tech school of minds and technology. And, but boy, oh boy, their sports teams are so tough. And it seems like every single sport, you know, no matter which one is it, they're number one right now. They're five and zero in the RMAC uh, in football right now. And, you know, in all the other sports, they're, they're right there at the top and, you know, just about all of them. And they're always tough. You can always count on minds to be, you know, right there in the top three, two, three, four teams there in just about any sport. So I want to, I really want to say Colorado minds, not only right now, but, you know, just the past few years, especially, it's just such a dang good school uh, for collegiate athletics. I would agree. Yeah, in my, in my notes, I would, that that has been my pick. Mines is scary and impressive. Jerry, out of all the teams, you know, you think, like, when you look at an athlete, right, you wouldn't really pers- look at them and say, that guy's really smart, but there's no way he can be smart and athletic. <laughs> and you can say that about every single team at Mines. You think, no, there's no way the nerds can can be good and buff and super athletic all the time. You know, like, you got you got to have one or the other. And mine just happens to have both. I don't know if I would put it in that in that kind of words. But, yeah, you have a point. And mine's in general has just, you know, like Connor said, they always have a way, have a, at least a team that's in the top top five. They're either three or two, second or if they're, if they're not first. And especially considering this year for fall sports and – Women's soccer, men's soccer, they're the, they're in the top three. They're le- they're number one in RMAC football, and then in volleyball, I believe they are third at the moment. Jeez. So I mean that that shows you the level of athletic play here that this school provides, and they're always scary. And and this is just looking at fall sports. We you know we could co- we can go into winter sports, basketball. You know they're very good. They, they're very too. good in basketball. The only like the the only sport that I look at where they aren't the strongest in is and even then they still put up they they always manage to come away with victories is baseball. Their baseball team not not really considered the best, but they always outshine a lot of other schools that they go up against. So this is a very talented athletic program in Colorado School of Mines. Connor, you're a football guy. You're a big football fan. You're a Detroit Lions fan, actually. Oof. Yep. And uh, Detroit has its fair share of good running backs in the past, specifically Barry Sanders. Yep. And in terms of the best athletes or the, the best athlete in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, you could point to one name and one name alone, and that is the running back for Colorado School of Mines, Cameron Mayberry. This guy is a stud, except when you say stud, I mean short stud. Connor, do you know how tall Cameron Mayberry is? Not offhand, but the, the way you're kind of leading into it, he's probably uh not that tall yes guess guess the height and i'll tell you if you're wrong or right go to guess the height yeah guess the height wow okay. all right uh let's go five eight no lower five five lower he's five five he's five five wow cameron mayberry is five five 215 pounds and so far this year he is the best running back in the armac he's currently first in the conference with 636 yards eight touchdowns Last week against Mesa, he had 196 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Nationwide, he is fifth nationally in rushing yards and fourth in touchdowns, and he is 11th in rushing yards per game with 127.2. And he recently, I think it was about a month ago in the game against Sishu Pueblo, became the rushing leader, career rushing leader in program history for Colorado School of Mines. So the 5'5", 
215-pound stud muffin Cameron Mayberry is, in my opinion, the best athlete in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Connor, would you agree? Would you say that's pretty impressive? I mean, yeah, that, that's a really, uh, really impressive number, especially for his height. I mean, usually running back obviously have to be really athletic, a really good runner, really strong legs there. But, boy, 5'5", 215 pounds, and obviously you have to assume being a running back that a lot of that has to be muscle, probably not a lot oh, of body yeah. fat on him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, again, you, you'd see his height be like, oh, he's he's not that tall. But, you know, boy, oh, boy, you, you better bet he's still going to run you over. I, I wouldn't want to get in front of him and try to block him. No, yeah. I mean, he broke, yeah, you he broke plenty of you got to have really God, strong legs there and boy oh boy he yeah tough tough kids there in the armac for running backs but you know some of the numbers you just listed that he has really dominant running back position there for carl mines and he's got to definitely be a one of the primary reasons behind their success this season 100 they got a they got a freshman quarterback who still performed very very well but they also have three other running backs who can run the ball and are similar in stature they they don't sit below 510 but they're short and stocky and very powerful so i would say we can come to a cons- uh, consensus that mines is probably the best rocky mountain athletic conference program in the fall looking at the rest of the conference uh connor will jump to msu denver the best volleyball team within the armac belongs to the roadrunners how often do you cover them and how impressive are they from your point of view you know i'm there about just about every single home weekend i cover you know, about all their home games and call, calling the games. Not only I'm calling them for the radio, but I'm also, you know, doing stories for them for our newspaper, the Metropolitan. And this team, man, the, this team is really impressive for volleyball. They have a, just so many options. This team is just so loaded. They have, you know, a senior from last, the only senior on the team, uh, Alyssa Kelling. She's just a really great force there. Um, middle blocker, gets a lot of blocks there per game. Kayla White, the junior, she steps up every single game. Uh, she, she's been terrific. She's stepped up this season. Uh, Alexis Benda's great, and they, they have a really good freshman named uh, Michaela McClinton. Uh, she, again, really tall uh, middle blocker there. Really, oh, this team is just so loaded with talent. And, uh, and I've asked a couple of the players, uh, they don't even think they've been playing their best volleyball, but wow. They've been they've been not only coming away with wins, but in you know just dominating fashion. They're like they've, I believe I looked at they have won twenty one of their last twenty four sets in this seven game winning streak that they are in now heading into this weekend. So that you know this volleyball team is just really incredible. I mean, over the past couple of years, the MSU Denver volleyball program has just been really tough. But this year, man, oh man, this year. They just they look like they're on a whole nother level, and it's just really amazing to think that that you know this might not even be the peak of their abilities this season. That's really surprising. I'm not I'm not one to say that MSU Denver is a surprising team, but when you think of like a downtown school who doesn't have a football team, who doesn't have like their own huge athletic complexes, it's kind of sitting right in the middle of Lodo next to the Pepsi Center, next to next to Elitches and whatever you know. A bunch of these schools like Dixie State, even Mesa, they have very impressive athletic complexes in which teams can come in and have their own isolated area. MSU Denver plays right in the middle of Lodo, and they have to compete on a regular basis in this different environment, but they've been performing very, very well. But one of the teams that 
I want to throw out in terms of dominance is the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs women's soccer. I think based off of their program alone, they can maybe say, hey, we're the best team in terms of the fall sports because they're the best in the country. 11-0, undefeated, and they lost to, I believe it was Colorado School of Mines last year in the RMAC championship, but since then, they have been severely, severely dominant, and it's not very often that we got the RMAC being a top one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, I mean, UCCS has always found a way to, for their soccer team, they've always been entertaining to watch both men's and women's, but their women's soccer team has just found a way to come in and really take control of the season uh, this year. And like you said, they're undefeated. They're, their only loss re- most recently came last year in the RMAC Championship where they lost to... Actually, my mistake. Th- sorry, they lost to West Tex- West, Tex- West Texas. Wow, that was a stuttering moment. <laughs> West, West Texas, Texas A&M in the NCAA playoffs. They lost in a shootout. Yeah. But their last conference loss was in the conference championship game. Yeah. So, I mean, they have, obviously, a lot of that talent is there. And, I mean, and especially considering the RMAX women's soccer, uh, women's soccer is already a tough, is already a tough one to win in anyway. And, you know, to go in and be undefeated at the moment, you're 6-0 and in conference play. And, I mean, you, it seems like they can do no wrong. Connor, we'll let you go here in just a second. But to wrap up this little segment, how badly does MSU Denver want a football team? I'm sorry you got to miss out on football action. I'm sure you as a play-by-play guy, you would love to call some football action. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, man, I, I would certainly love to be calling some football on play-by-play. It would certainly uh, be a really fun experience. But yeah, I think there there is a lot of, lot of people on campus, a lot of athletes here that, you know, would think it would be really cool to – have a football program here it was msu denver but yeah unfortunately it's just like we would have to have a you know drastic change here on campus in order to make that happen again like we have some baseball softball and soccer facilities here in terms of outdoor uh sports and facilities here but we just don't have the room unfortunately for a for a football stadium and we obviously have you know in power field at mile high it feels weird saying that in power field at mile high we have that just just around the corner but that that would obviously be far too big of a venue especially for a division two school to you know rent out to play some football games but it'd be it'd be tough because like they could maybe obviously make it work at the soccer field but they would have to definitely make some big renovations and i think that's been the biggest you know snag there is just there you know we don't have necessarily the facilities or the space at least at the moment to do so but i know there has been a lot of interest in the past in having an msu denver football team going here in downtown denver but it's uh, i i hope one day i really hope one day they can get a football team here in uh downtown denver but unfortunately in the meantime it doesn't look like it won't be happening anytime soon unfortunately and that's just sometimes the way it goes uh mace we got a lot of space out here in which we can have football team and they've been here for a long time so yeah i don't know if you're ever if you're ever in grand junction connor within the next couple of months hey maybe call a football game with us we would love to have a three-man team that would that'd be, be, interesting. be, <laughs> that'd awesome. be interesting to make that work hey you know what i you never know some of those some of those nfl broadcasts they'll have they'll have more than one color commentator i'll be down to come down and <laughs> you know my 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 brother goes to school in the uh somewhat near there my cousin actually does go to uh colorado mesa so may, 
maybe that'll be an excuse for me to come down and I can call some football action. <laughs> Connor Dockery from the Met from MSU Denver. Go look at all this stuff. He's got the Met Sports Show on. Uh, they could, it's all on the Met.com. Right? It's all in the same space. They can go find you every, every single episode, right? Yes, all on mymetmedia.com. You can find it under the Met Radio section. Also, if you search my name, Connor Dockery, on the website, you'll be able to find all of the content that I've uploaded, uh, which includes some of the game stories I've written, uh, the games that I call on radio, as well as uh, the Met Sports Show live every Thursday from 11 to noon on Met Radio. There's a plug. There's a plug right there. Connor, pleasure as always. We will see you next time, sir. Thank you so much, Matthew. I appreciate you having me on the show once again. Connor Dockery from the Met Media. Go follow him on Twitter at Connor Dockery. So when we come back, we'll talk some mainstream sports because we might as well. We might as well. We always do. Who will win their divisions in football now that we are a quarter way through the NFL season? Matt Kennedy, Jared Peralta. Word up. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be... Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter, and one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Imagine being fired because of who you love. Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 30 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Listen to The Prism with a new time, Tuesdays at 5. New co-host, Brenna. Uh, since when? I'm Skylar, and I'm the original host, and I play a classic rock and 90s alternative. Brenna, what kind of inferior music are you going to play on my show? Uh, I guess some garbage. Cool. Listen to The Prism, Tuesdays at 5, KMSA 91.3 FM Grand Junction. KMSA 91.3 FM Grand Junction. saying that we should uh, get some more metal. Our intro is like a rock song. Yeah. He's like, he's like get some Metallica or, or, uh, or a Megadeth. We used to we used to do actual... We had Enter, we had enter Sandman. Had Enter Sandman. That was, was a music bed. That was our original, or one of our original uh, intros. Well, it, we never really had an original intro, but like when we would come in, when we were first starting, we would just have like wrestling entrance 
Oh my gosh! <laughs> we, we would have uh, like we would walk in oh with like uh, like Stone Cold Steve Austin's. Theme oh yeah, song Stone or Cold Steve Austin's. Like what we used to transition to wrestling whenever we talked about that. Uh, we would have. I think we had like Hulk Hogan's the, the entrance music oh when we gosh, came in bro. one time. I mean, humble beginnings from where we started to where we are now, and I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like now that we have this, now we have an official intro. I mean, we could change the intro and then maybe do a different, uh, have a different voice say introduce the show. But I mean, I mean, I digress. It's fine. We used to have uh, Fozzie's Judas as our uh, intro for a while there when that song came out. Yeah, that was that was good. Um, I loved having that song. But we have a good intro now. I love it. We may change it. Maybe at the turn of the next year, but as of right now, I love our intro. Yeah, I mean, if you missed it, go back and listen to the show on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcast at the Wired Up Sports Podcast. Subscribe, follow, rate, and leave a comment. You can listen to everything that we had today. We had Troy Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force football team, on the show, along with Connor Dockery from Met Media in MSU Denver, who just joined us to talk some RMAC sports. But as of right now, we'll jump to the mainstream side. And, Jerry, yeah. we're going to predict who we think, as of right now, will win all the divisions within the NFL. We are a quarter of the way through the season, and the picture is becoming a little bit more crystal clear now that we actually have some sample size to go off of. Yeah. And we can officially say that these teams are probably the best in their division. Well, and you you look at this so far. Like you said, we're a quarter of the way through the season, and you look at some divisions, and – there's just a lot of big questions. AFC North and the AFC South, they are the big... To me, they have the biggest question of who will win the division. AFC North, Pittsburgh's no longer a factor. Cincinnati is 0-5. Yeah. They can't get a win, and which is surprising considering how well they have been playing on offense all season. They, but they keep struggling in the red zone. They can't score. You have Baltimore and Cleveland. Yeah. And those two teams in themselves have been faced, have been going kind of up and down. Baltimore is currently number one with three and two. Cleveland, the team who both me and you said had the highest chance of winning the AFC North is now kind of starting to look like maybe all that was hype and not, and pretty much there was no context to go off of for that. And I mean, Baker Mayfield hasn't been playing great. When he, <laughs> I, I was looking at a stat, and it, it was really interesting to me. Whenever Baker Mayfield throws under 35 passes, they get the win, and he has, like, his quarterback rating super high. When he throws over 45, when he throws over 35 passes, they lose. He's, like, 0-4 when throing over 45 passes. I want to... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, but before as before we jump off the Browns train, uh, is it time for Browns fans to panic and to give us a short insight on if they should? Is Marcus Spears on first take a couple of days ago on ESPN? Marcus, please. To panic. You watching football? Are you watching them play? Oh yeah. It's time to panic, and the reason it's time to panic has nothing to do with the schedule. Every problem we thought Cleveland would have would have has come to come to fall you watching Marcus in a 14 second clip on first takes Twitter account says it it says it right there 
everything that they have done thus so far this year is evidence of time to panic. Look, we were so high on the Browns. They had the fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl coming into the season. We had we thought Baker, we thought Jarvis Landry, Chubb, Odell Bell, Odell Beckham, OBJ. Come on, you you have the tools. But you're struggling to make it happen. You get blown out by San Francisco oh my gosh. on Monday Night Football. Oh my gosh! And what has been, what was one of the worst performances by the Browns? By Baker Mayfield. By oh, come on. Can, we, can we talk about Baker? Because I love the dude. Yeah, I love Baker Mayfield so much. I'm one of his biggest fans. And the whole thing with Richard Sherman, I'm not even going to get to the whole handshake thing. That was that was. By the way, Wait, you're, you're glad glad Seattle got rid of Richard Sherman because his mouth is just too much well, for that team. And it's proved that he lied about it. He did lie about it. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, but a, moving a, on. on his face, but Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm going to go back to first take because I was I I watch every day. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a first take. We love it's, first it's take first on thing. this it's show. First thing. Stephen A. said that that Baker Mayfield is overrated. Yes. And I would say yes. Stephen A. likes to hyperbole everything that he talks about. But yes, <laughs> in terms of this year, I would say that Baker Mayfield has been extremely overrated. He's like, just wait on us. We love being the underdog. We're going we're gonna to come back. You're yeah. two and three, guys. Baker, your last 10 games have not been your best, bro. I mean, you started out the year last year when you first came in as a starter. Pretty good. You had a great first set of four games. But then the games to follow. Baker. Your QBR has been down. Your interceptions have been up. Your touchdowns have been down. In your passing he, yards, I think he looks like he's at. And I was, uh, I don't remember the sports talk show, but one of the sports talk shows I was listening to, they said he looks like he's gained weight, not like really? muscle, but like he looks he's like. Always, I mean, he's always been considered like a heavier set. Yeah, he's o- he's but. always been considered that, but he looks like he's even gone up, is what they were saying. And I didn't notice it until I, I decided why not and just kind of went back and looked at the highlights. And, I yeah, it's kind of true because when he first started, he had his set was there. He he was mobile. We're not seeing him. We're seeing him be mobile, but just not to the extent that we are used to. He's not playing at the high level that he has always played at. Right. And, I mean, it's just weird to to watch. And... Yeah, I I'm gonna agree with Stephen A. At the we were so high on Baker Mayfield that now it's all starting to kick in that he is overrated. And that whole comment of we love being the underdogs, you can't be the underdogs for the rest of the season. Like you said, they're you're two and three. You have a big game come you've already lost to San Francisco. You have another game coming up against Seattle, who is already on a hot streak right now. They're four and one. They're looking to keep momentum going for themselves. You can't always play the underdog. You have to come into some of these games as the victor here. You cannot just come back from behind every time. It's never going to work. I totally just forgot that you're supposed to bring in the segment, too. I did, too, but whatever. We'll just roll (laughs) with it. And moving on from that, AFC South, Houston Texans, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, and Tennessee it's surprising that I'm saying this. That's a good, all, that's a good that conference. That's a good conference. Every team in that conference has a chance to win. Indianapolis, we all thought, wasn't going to have a chance to go, come into the season and win that conference. Andrew Luck retires. You, you're going to turn towards Jacoby Brissett, who, in my, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this now. Looking at, looking at it on paper, I didn't think he was going to have the year the year that he is having. I honestly thought he was going to be a bust, and the Indianapolis Colts were going to pretty much be one of the worst teams in the NFL, but he is proving me wrong. They're tied for first with the Houston Texans. The Texans have always had their struggles with Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter. They're still number one. Jacksonville's Garner Minshew, 
has been playing the out, legend. The legend has that been is playing. The legend that is Gardner Minshew has been playing outstanding. You can, can no longer pronounce his name, just Gardner Minshew. You have to say the legend that is. The legend that is Gardner, Gardner Minshew. But yes, I agree, Jerry. I would say the AFC South is probably the best division out of the AFC. But looking at the, sorry, let's just go through. Let's just go through. We need to we need to get some some organization because we only got about seven minutes left, right? Yeah. So we're gonna go through each conference at a time and say, okay, as of right now, this team they will win the AFC or NFC. Whatever. North, south, east, or west. Yeah. Okay, so let's start up at the very tip top of the iceberg, AFC east. east. Okay, it's obvious. Let's just get the obvious out of the way. New England. The, bill, the Bills have a good, the Bills have a chance to maybe overtake that. But did New you England. see New England last night? Yeah. La- did you see them last night? Yeah, I saw them. But that, defense, that is a defensive-heavy team Oh, my right gosh, there. that defense is amazing. Yeah. It, it's, I, I want to say New England. But with the way the Bills have been playing, I feel like at some point somebody's gonna knock them off the pedestal. And for this season, it will be New England. But I'm thinking in the future, the Bills have without a doubt probably the hey, best man, chance hey, to man, do it. Yeah, definitely because the other two teams, the Jets and the Dolphins, both zero and four. So yeah, and we if, don't if talk about the Jets or Dolphins. <laughs> no, we're not gonna even mention their names beyond this point. But yeah, the Bills may make a chance. But if Tom Brady doesn't retire, then that's not gonna happen. Yep. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, and AFC Cincinnati North. Bengals, AFC North. I think because of what we just said about the Browns that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson will win that conference by the end of the regular season. Same here. AFC South, the Houston Tech, like we just discussed, Houston Texans, Indiana, the Colts, Jaguars, tough. and the Titans. This is, it's without a, a doubt, one. a tough one. Look, 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 look. Colts play the Chiefs this Sunday, right? Sorry, no, they just played the they Chiefs this played last the Sunday, Chief, and yeah, they won. My, I, yeah. I stand mistake. I stand yeah. corrected. The Texans play the, the Chiefs, Chiefs this, this Sunday. Sunday. This Sunday. And then the Chiefs play the Bron- play the Broncos on Thursday night. Chiefs are wounded as of right now, mm-hmm. right? Tyreek Hill is not in his best shape. Patrick Mahomes is even a little bit shaken up. Sammy Watkins didn't even play his best on yeah. that game. So if Houston wins this Sunday, we got a dead tie between the Colts and the Texans, probably as the best team in, in the AFC South. So I would say if the Texans win this Sunday, I would give them a slight favor. Because if they have Deshaun Watson, if you're putting Deshaun Watson against Jacoby Brissett, if it's a quarterback comparison, and yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, I would say those two put them over the edge slightly. That's just my confidence level, just having them. So my prediction is the Houston Texans win that win that division. Just off of how well they did this past Sunday, I got to give it to the Colts. Okay, I'm I feel like Jacoby Brissett, with the way he's been playing this season, the guy is going to. Finish off the season strong. They're going to come away with that AFC South victory. AFC West, Kansas City, Oakland, Chargers, and Den- and the Broncos. Chiefs. The Chiefs, without a doubt. Oakland is Oakland's putting up a good fight. They are, so doing, right Three and two. they are doing, remar- surprisingly, pretty well. Three and two. But the Chiefs are going to come away with that victory. Moving on to the NFC here. Starting off with the NFC East. Yeah. Now, there's a, now there's kind of a reemergence by the Giants. They did take a bad loss to the Patriots yeah, last night. I, yeah, but, okay. Look, they got Daniel Jones, but besides him and Saquon, who eventually comes back, and then, like, Golden Tate, the team's not that good. The defense is, is terrible, right? I still I still think that if with, if Daniel Jones can keep up the way he's been playing against, you know, you know he he's had his struggles, but the, the they played some really tough teams these past couple it's, weeks. Yeah. So you, you can't really count them out just yet. I want to see him... 
in divisional play, right, first. With Saquon Barkley, too. With Saquon Barkley. So I want to see that before I count them out. So I'm still saying it's kind of a reemergence for the Giants at this point. But if you had to choose? The Eagles. Me too. The Eagles have so much more going for them. The Cowboys just dropped two games. You couldn't get anything going against the Saints. Oh, my gosh, the Cowboys. Oh, you Cowboys. couldn't get anything going against the Saints, and you lose a big one to the Packers. I'm sorry, you ju- you are not winning that. What happened division. in the first three weeks, guys? You play the three worst teams in football. You call yourselves them boys, and now and them then boys you- are quiet. <laughs> boys are quiet. Yeah, Eagles, Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, everybody within Philly, the city of brotherly love. They're coming back up. Eagles. NFC is kind of NFC is very interesting until you get to the very last one, but we'll save that one for last. Yeah, yeah. The NFC, NFC North. Oh, you're going to the North. Sorry. We'll go to the North first. I jumped a conference. You did jump a conference. NFC North, the Packers, Lions, Bears, and Vikings. Mm. Uh, this is uh, a tough one. Detroit's 2-1-1. One, and one. The Bears are 3-2, and two, and the Vikings are 3-2. and two, But you have the Packers who are 4-1, and one, and Aaron Rodgers playing probably some of the best football in a while yeah. that we've seen out of him. This conference can change within the matter of two weeks. It, yeah, it, can it really flipped. can. The Bears can turn it around. The Lions help. Could take it take it over if they wanted to. Vikings are a little too inconsistent for my taste at yeah, the moment. I agree. Uh, if I have to pick any team, though, I th- want to. St- I'm going to say the Packers regain dominance in the AFC in the NFC North. Um, the ba- I- the Bears are good, but you can't there you can't run that offense with Mitchell Trubisky. You need to kind of you, they need to get a different guy to be their franchise. I'm going to agree. I was going to throw a curveball and say the Lions, but I double checked myself because of Aaron Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, who have been within the first five weeks on the same page in terms of the offense. And that defense is picking back up for the Packers. I would say the Packers win the NFC North, NFC South. This one, this one, this one, this one, I would say it's pretty easy to call, especially when Drew Brees comes back. Saints, can we agree on that? Yeah, I mean, the way they've been playing without Drew Brees and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater maybe may not be playing the best of his abilities, but they're still getting the wins. They, they've still only lost one. You can't turn. You can't distant deny anything. And I mean, well, and the show on this one, it's probably the. I I would say, you know, we said the AFC South is impressive, but this conference, or sorry, this division, is very. This one has very stacked. This one has a lot riding for all the teams except for one, <laughs> the NFC West, the reemergence of the NFC West as a powerhouse division. 49ers undefeated. 4-0. Seattle, 4-1. Yep. LA, 3-2, which is surprising. The Rams, uh, NFC Conference champions last season, dropped two. They lose a heartbreaker to Seattle in Seattle. Good game, by the way. Very good game. Very good game on Thursday night. They go to play San Francisco. I believe they play San Francisco in LA, so home field advantage there. The LA the Rams lose a big one to the Tampa Bay. A game they should not have lost, mind you. But that that was bad play on their part. They've just had a lot of inconsistencies on their part. Seattle, Russell Wilson playing without probably one of the best opening season best having the best stats to open the season that we've seen in his entire career. Mm-hmm. Chris Carson get you know he has those struggles early on in the first couple of weeks he's they fixed it now and now they've been able to move the ball really well DK Metcalf's been playing well Tyler Lockett is doing really well C- Seattle's defensive seven that front uh, that front line you know they're doing great at beginning of the pass rush pass rush they may not have a lot of sacks to their name but they are good at get applying the pressure 
that the only the only concern with Seattle at the moment is their secondary is a little too young. Once if they can get if Seattle can get a veteran on that team, that would save them a lot of heartache going forward. And then San Francisco, I honestly don't know what to say on San Francisco at the moment. They they haven't played the toughest teams Great defense, yet. Great, great tight end. Jimmy G's looking pretty fantastic. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has been so, so prominent in his offensive scheme so far. And as of right now, they haven't played the strongest teams, like you just yeah, said. Yeah, I, I, I... But they had I a great win again, but they... They they showed up Cleveland pretty well. Yeah, and that one and that one what was their first challenge, and they showed them up pretty well. Their big test will come when they play the Rams in their first conference play. So, Jerry, we got zero time left actually, and I wish we had more time to talk about this because we could keep talking about this division all that we want. But if we had to pick it right now, which we are having to pick it right now, in terms of what you've seen so far, which team in your home team's in there? Are you yeah. going to be a hometown boy, or sorry, are you going to be a homebody? A homegrown Seattle, Colorado native. <laughs> That's always funny. That's always funny. It throws people off. And, and go with the Seahawks, or are you going to go with somebody else? This is a tough one, and I, I'm, I'm going to say Seattle, and this is why. Seattle so far has played some of the more challenging teams in the league, and you, they've played the. Well, they've played two more teams that have been a bigger test for them than the than the 49ers. The 49ers had a bye week in week three mm-hmm. or week four, mm-hmm. correction. So that's really not fair for <laughs> them. You, you have a bye week so early on in the season. Hey, somebody's going to have it. You know, Somebody's going to have it, but I'm just saying you have a bye week on week four. They've had and an you easy- only played like – and your, high, your hardest challenge was Pittsburgh. Eh. Yeah, yeah, so the 49ers, they've had an easy first quarter. But, yes, yeah, I, I agree, and I also agree that I think the Seahawks will win the division as well. Russell Wilson, top five QB in the NFL. But, Jerry, yeah. I'm going to cut you off, but we are out of time for today. Go listen to this entire episode on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Podcast on The Wired Up, po- the Wired Up Sports Podcast. Excuse me, it's the first time I'm using that title because we changed our name to The Wired Up Sports Podcast. Go follow us, like, give us a rating and a comment as for today that's all we got join us next week same time same place matt kennedy jared peralta wired up